welcome to episode 43 of Power Up and Game. My name is Michael. I am joined, as always, with my main man, Taylor. Taylor, how's it going, buddy? Man, I'll tell you what. These podcasts, especially Nerd Stop Movies, mainly Nerd Stop Movies, has been having some audacity issues as of late. And for some reason, it's now pouring over into Power Up and Game. So, I'm doing fantastic. I hope you're doing fantastic. <laughs> but please, for the love of God... Keep Audacity up and running. <laughs> Just make sure it doesn't go out on us here. Yeah, as long as this thing doesn't freak out like it was before we started recording, uh, hopefully we should be good to go. But let's go ahead and get into our docket for the day. God of War Ragnarok originally made a radical change to the beginning of the game. We won't be spoiling the ending of the game or major moments, but we will be talking about the game's earlier chapters. Multiverse's active player accounts has dropped dramatically. The Island 2's release date has been moved up a week. And for our main topic, well, Taylor, how about you go ahead and take it away? Don't mind if I do, Michael. And real quick, as always, we want to say that you can find sources for all the topics we're going over today down in the description of this episode. We do that to give out proper credit. And if any listeners want to read more about the topics we cover, Getting into our main story today, Microsoft admits that Game Pass hurts sales. So this was first reported by GamesIndustry.biz as part of the UK Competition and Market Authority's provisional report on the Microsoft Activision Blizzard deal. It was said, quote, Microsoft also submitted that its internal analysis shows a redacted percent decline in base game sales 12 months following their addition on Game Pass, end quote. This seemingly confirms a long-running theory about Game Pass, that theory being titles on Game Pass see a decline in sales after they are put on the platform. A spokesperson for Microsoft then sent out the following statement to several gaming news outlets, quote, Xbox Game Pass offers gamers and game creators more choice and opportunity in how they discover, experience, and deliver games. For gamers, that means providing another option for them to discover games and play with friends at a great value. For developers, that means creating another option for how they monetize their games. We're focused on helping game creators of all sizes maximize the total financial value they receive through Game Pass. Each game is unique. So we work closely with creators to build custom program to reflect what they need, ensure that they are compensated financially for their participation in the service, and allow room for creativity and innovation. As a result, the number of developers interested in working with Game Pass continues to grow. And quote, Michael, are you surprised by this news? And what do you make of it? Whenever you do stuff like these, these rental services or these subscription services, uh, money's got to come out of somewhere, you know, you don't have millions of players suddenly stop buying $50, $60 games and then all of a sudden getting them day one and it must have to go somewhere. And we always knew that Microsoft gave developers and publishers a huge chunk of, uh, of, uh, of revenue of their revenue, uh, in order to get the games on the pro on the program. But the thing is. Players don't always buy games day one. Uh, sometimes it's a few weeks later or a couple of months later. And if it's on Game Pass, you're not buying them a couple of months later. You're playing them right then and there. Or you're playing them on the system months later. Uh, so it makes sense that there's no 
additional revenue going in. Uh, Microsoft pretty much helps devs and publishers pay for maybe what a month's worth of sales, maybe uh, depending on the publisher. Um, that 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 whole deal we knew uh, Microsoft wasn't really making money off of this. We knew that they were losing money on this, uh, but now we know that devs are also pretty much losing money on this as well because the idea makes sense. You know, play the game on Game Pass, uh, and if you really like it, you can buy the game at a discount, which is always kind of cool. Uh, so even if you buy the game, you're still not buying it at full price. Uh, but the problem is, with a lot of games, uh, you're not playing them a couple of weeks or a couple of months down the road. You're done with them in just a few days. So there's no point in going back and buying them. So, yeah, I'm not surprised by this uh, whatsoever. Uh, but I do think that Game Pass is still a great deal for gamers and uh, game developers because it can do something that can help revive a game that's... Uh, probably didn't do well and you know it's, a, it's guaranteed money hey microsoft will give us money uh for this game that didn't sell well that can help uh push up the revenue for this game and push out the players who probably wouldn't have paid for it anyway because we know they didn't because you know our game didn't sell well or for a game that's been up for a while and the developer and the publishers feel like okay the sales have declined enough to where we know that sales are going to become stagnant and we've hit our peaks Let's go ahead and sell the game to the gamers who didn't buy the game uh, by having Microsoft pay for it. Uh, so I like Game Pass. I like what it can do. But having games come out day one on the uh, system, that's the, that's the thing I feel uh, Microsoft kind of sketched over. was like, oh, yeah, uh, Game Pass does so well, people actually make money off of it. Yeah, they make that peak money. But, you know... That's where it kind of ends at that peak and it kind of stagnates there because it's on the program for months to come afterwards. Look, if it wasn't for what Phil Spencer said back in what, 2018 about like Game Pass, uh, what was it? It was something like Game Pass actually makes us money and and yeah. all that, like increases sales. This would not be that massive a story. I don't even think it's a surprise, really. Like, Am I crazy for saying that? Like, No. Microsoft is pretty much, uh, the subscription service for that is just a payback for the well, rights. The, yeah, the point of Game Pass is they want to make the money by you continuing to stay subscribed to the service. Whether yeah, that helps. be intentionally or unintentionally. And by unintentionally, I mean just like a lot of people do with their Netflix account or HBO Max to where they forget that they have a subscription for yeah. a few months. And then I go, eh, I'm just going to keep it because The Last of Us or House of Dragon comes back on in a few months or something like that. Yeah, so, plus Game Pass is a great way for Microsoft to break into the PC crowd. Mm -hmm. um, so 100%. you have that... Yeah, so you have that revenue over there for people who don't have Xboxes. Like, okay, well, how do we sell our games to? Uh, how do we sell Xbox Live? Because that's that was the thing that my, that Xbox tried to do years ago with that whole live. Uh, I, I forgot what it was called. Um, games for Windows. They were trying to do that whole thing, and then they tried to do it Xbox Live on PC and PC. Crowd. I was like, yeah, no, we get free 
games. I mean, not free games, but we can play online for free on our PCs anyway. Why would we? Why would we want to uh, pay for Xbox Live just so we can play Halo? That's stupid. So this is a way for Microsoft to bring it to that and be like, okay, well, here's Game Pass Ultimate, or or if, or if you just have a PC, you don't have an Xbox. There's Game Pass, just regular Game Pass, Game Pass for PC. So they found a way to etch their way into the PC crowd, which I think is the biggest seller for them for um, Xbox Game Pass, for for Phil Spencer to keep going with this service, is that they now broke into uh, the PC crowd in a way that they tried to do years ago but failed to do because PC gamers aren't going to buy a subscription service just to play online games. Yeah, and I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, man, this is horrible, because it's not. This is fantastic for us, <laughs> for people who want <laughs> a lot of great games at a decent price. Game Pass is, to me, one of the best things in gaming overall. Oh, yeah. I've been saying that for years. I still believe it. I hope it continues to be. I do think, and this is something we've talked about before many times, actually, with Xbox. What I think Xbox is really missing is the big home run exclusives right and i'm not here to get into the playstation versus xbox name but playstation you got god of war you got last of us you got spider-man you got horizon and you got all those big games that yeah they have their own service going on and while i also could make the argument that maybe you should put a few of those big exclusives on your service closer to when they release or maybe even day one whenever they drop Maybe releasing all of them on there isn't the right move. And maybe Xbox should be going more into what the hell can we do to have the notoriety that PlayStation has with these big-ass exclusives. Because I feel like that's what they're missing more than anything when it comes to game sales. Game Pass are thriving to me. I know I say that, (laughs) and we have this story and you yeah. can probably sit here and give me some stats saying Game Pass actually isn't thriving. But I feel like that's actually a great thing, though, for the consumer. Yeah, well, PlayStation that's Network, I mean they, yeah, they recently lost 1.6 million uh, subscribers themselves. So these things aren't flawless. So, like, yeah, they're, they're a way to attract more customers. And like Yeah, there's said, nuances in this. Like, PlayStation's yeah. not sitting here, like, batting a thousand they're not a hundred percent awesome over here they have their own issues i think with their tiered service i think it's too fucking complicated there shouldn't be three (laughs) tiers and i think you can probably really simplify it and just make it two yeah which is really weird because when you think about it xbox also has the multi-tier with the xbox live Mm -hmm. xbox uh, pat yeah yeah you have xbox live uh, Xbox Game Pass, Game Pass PC, Game Pass mm-hmm. Ultimate. That's four different tiers, but for some reason, it's so simple. Xbox Live, you get gold. And I don't get, know if it's uh, just the marketing was games. better for it. I think that's what it is, because when it comes to PlayStation, it was, it was extra, essential, plus. It's like, yo, bro, that that makes no sense. Uh, with You say Game Pass, you know what you're getting. It's Game Pass. You, or if it's not for the console, Game Pass PC. And they made that simple. It's Game Pass PC, Game Pass Console. Or Ultimate. If you want Game Pass, yep. if you want regular Xbox Live, you have Xbox Live. If it was, if for some reason they have, they have like, or they have four tiers, and we talked about PlayStation had three, but for some reason Xbox made it so simple. Those four tiers feel less and more uh, informative than the three tiers that PlayStation Network just threw out there. Yeah. So while I also don't think this is that big of a deal overall 
I do get why people are talking about it and going like, all right, well, what are you doing, Xbox? Because <laughs> this yeah. is a big year for them. We talked about it many times this year so far with Redfall, with Starfield, and it's going to be very interesting to see how Game Pass is going to evolve over the next several years. Because as these games start to come out, that they have long in development, are they all going to drop on Game Pass? Are they going to keep one or two of them away? You know, I think that's going to be... uh, I'm sorry. I think that's going to be a thing that we're going to see on Xbox real soon. I'll give it... I'll give it two, maybe three years that they'll they'll walk it back and it'll become a, a game by game basis where we get stuff like Hi-Fi Rush will come to Game Pass, but then we see big stuff like Starfield be the whole. It'll come soon to Game Pass, but it'll be it'll be sold first and then come to Game Pass uh, later. Elder Scrolls will be a better you know analogy. Yeah, like that's that. in yeah that's that's in the distant future. So yeah, so let's say uh, we get Starfield now. And in a few years when Elder Scrolls come out, that'll be one of the games where, like, it'll be on a game-to-game basis. You know, our our big stuff like Gears and Halo and uh, Elder Scrolls, that's that's kind of stuff that we'll we'll kind of sell at first because we can make our money from the special editions and stuff because those are are the big fans right there. They'll buy the special editions. And then for those who probably don't care or just aren't that big of a fan, we'll put it on Game Pass uh, in, let's say... Eight to twelve months, and we'll see how that goes. Uh, and I think that's probably that's probably the best uh, for Microsoft, to be honest. Uh, not the best for gamers. I'm gonna I'm gonna admit. How um, it is now is the best for gamers. Yeah, we're because we're getting every on, exclusive pretty much Xbox every, puts out. Yeah, day one. And and with PlayStation, if they did have their games day one, like 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 God of War and Horizon, if that did come. At the high day one on the highest tiers, I myself would have been subscribed to the highest tier that they have. Right now, I'm subscribed to Essential because honestly, I don't want to. I don't care about paying a subscription to play uh, PlayStation Two games and stream PlayStation Three games. I'm just, yeah, I, I, I still have a PlayStation Three that I can play PlayStation Three games without the hassle of streaming it and using up my data that way. Uh, so for me personally, those two extra tiers, they're not worth it for me. But had uh, Sony dropped their games day one on their service, I would have, I would have uh, been attracted to the highest tiers. Yeah, and it from a consumer standpoint, you want it to be the way Game Pass is now, and you want PlayStation to adopt the same formula. I think. Yeah. Where you can play something like Ragnarok day one or Spider Man Two day one, but in terms of what Sony and Microsoft are probably in the long run, probably end up doing, is Sony's probably going to stick to what it's doing right now. And go, no, all her big games are going to remain $70 big cinematic (laughs) pieces. Yeah. And Xbox is, I think, in the long run, this is just my prediction, I agree with you. I think they're going to walk it back just a little bit and go, you know, a game like a Starfield or Elder Scrolls in the future, not like this year, but I'm saying in probably the next two, three years, I could see them going, that's going to have to be a actual premium release. Or maybe the Halo game would be a Game Pass title just because of how integral that franchise is to Xbox. And it can kind of be the flagship for Xbox Game Pass there. But 
I don't know, just thinking on the fly about what Game Pass might be evolving into. Because I don't think it is sustainable long term right now. As much no, as I would not, love it no. to be. <laughs> yeah. It, this was this was just this was definitely a way for uh, Microsoft to uh, honeypot, um, <laughs> honeypot gamers into Game Pass and get us hooked, and then when they walk it back, we'd be like, "Well, I still it's still a good service. I still got all these games on here. Uh, I know there's still gonna be games coming out day one. It just won't be as frequent, and it won't be the games that I really want. So yeah, people are gonna be mad about it. They're gonna lose subscribers because of it when it happens. Uh, but somebody like me who is now like really into the system and really wants uh, uh, Sony to adopt it, like you said, uh, they got me hooked. So I already know it's like fifteen dollars a month, or yeah, uh, or or almost it'll be over one hundred fifty uh, for the service a year. It's like, well, yeah, but games are seventy bucks now. When you think about it, that's still a really good deal. Just to harken on something you said, you talked about $70 games. Man, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of $70 games. I'm not. Me neither. But you know what's not $70? My love? No. Well, I mean, is your love $70? No, it's far more expensive than that. Oh, well, all right. <laughs> How was your Valentine's Day, buddy? Oh, it was just me, so it was just another day. It was chill. Well, I'm glad to hear that, buddy. But you know what? What is not $70 is actually free. And that is Nerds Talk Movies, our other podcast. Really, any podcast, any kind of content we have over here at the Nerd Sash Network. So on Nerds Talk Movies, our team takes a closer look at various movies and TV shows via retrospectives and for newly released content, spoiler talks. On the latest episode of Nerds Talk Movies, Tristan and Drew did a retrospective on Zack Snyder's Justice League. That episode was originally scheduled to drop on Monday, but we dropped it early because of the tech issues we've been having with you know that side of the podcast. And it seems like this side of the podcast too now. And as a make good for those tech issues, Michael and I will be dropping news episodes of Nerds Talk Movies once a week. Those episodes are going out on Saturday nights. As for our normal retrospective slash spoiler talks, we got a spoiler talk for Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania coming out very soon. Michael, I can't wait to talk about some movie and TV news, would you? It should be a lot like this show, which I'm, I'm not sure is a good thing, but we've already committed <laughs> to it. It's too late. It's too late now. We said it. You gotta go with it. But you ready to get into our other stories of the week? Uh yes, what else has been happening? So God of War Ragnarok originally had a different plan for the beginning chapters of the game. And this does include mild, mild spoilers for the beginning of God of War Ragnarok. While speaking with Min Max, God of War Ragnarok narrative director Matt Sophos revealed that Kratos was set to be killed off at the beginning of the game in a fight against Thor. However, it sounded a little more complicated than that. Here's what Sefo said, quote, There was the earliest, earliest draft of an outline that we had come up with that we took to director Eric Williams. Kratos died in the Thor fight at the very beginning of the game, and so he was going to die, and then it wasn't going to be a permanent death. 
what was going to happen, and I don't care. We can tell this because it do- didn't. It doesn't happen anymore. So this is all fan fiction at this point. He will get pulled out of hell essentially by Atreus. But it's now been like 20 years have passed. It was going to be a big time jump type thing. So that was a version of it, end quote. Sophos continued, saying that it ultimately didn't feel right to kick off the game like that. Quote, Eric Williams was like, I don't want to do that. Kratos had died and come back from from it too many times. And it, it'll feel a bit too, oh, you said he was going to die. And oh, you just killed him, but he came right back. End quote. If you haven't played or beaten God of War Ragnarok, don't worry. We're not going to go into any massive spoilers for the game or anything that happens at the end or anything past the game's beginning chapters. Instead, we're just going to talk about the beginning of the game leading up to Thor's introduction. uh, Relatively mild spoilers, all things considered. Uh, Also, if you haven't played the game, I'd recommend giving the team over at MinMax a click. The link is in the description but not listening to the interview until you completed the game because the interview does include spoilers. Um, do you think this would have been a compelling opening for God of War Ragnarok, Michael? So I'm one of those people who have yet to play Ragnarok uh, because, again, I'm not paying $70 for games. So you want uh, me to get my thoughts first? Because uh, I have well, played must, the beginning. Okay, well, I might as well get my thoughts up because okay. I don't have much in the first place. Um, I think it's a cool idea. Uh, I understand where they were going with it, but I'm glad they didn't go with it because it does feel kind of cheap to where it was, oh, he died, he's coming back, he's died, he's coming back. It's like, we've died as Kratos went to hell and came back. And at the end of God of War 3, spoilers, uh, he was supposed to die. Or well, it seemed like they, they finished the game and he was dead. Uh, only for the uh, stinger to happen and show that Kratos might be alive. So it's like, yeah, we don't know if Kratos will actually die unless it's by the hands of another god anyway. Uh, so I'm glad they didn't go that route because it would have felt cheaper, especially after well, uh, some of the things that we find close to the end of the God of War reboot, uh, where they were going with the story with Atreus and Kratos. It was like, okay, cool. If they would have done that at the beginning and then brought him back, it would have felt super cheap and made you feel like that that moment, yep. that scene meant nothing. Could not agree anymore. First reaction is I love that idea. But when I think about it for more than about 10, 15 seconds, I start to see the flaws. <laughs> <laughs> and I have played the first hour or two of God of War Ragnarok. I finally got my hands on a PS5. More about that on uh, our What Are We Playing segment. I, I don't have a PS5. But I got my hands on one for a day or two, which is, oh man, I can't wait to talk about it. But God of War Ragnarok, really fucking good by the way. Just want to point that out there. Oh, I bet. Amazing game. My only critique of it is it does feel, and I didn't think I'd have this issue because I had no problem with it coming in. I already knew it was going to feel this way. It does feel a lot like God of War 2018. Is that because there's a lot of the same areas from God of War 2018 at the beginning of the game and it really kind of makes you feel that way? Yeah. So I kind of put the game's intro at fault for that as awesome as it fucking is like the beginning of this game is amazing and i don't think i would want to trade that out for what was pitched here as cool as that initially sounds that said the one thing i'll say before i turn it back over to you here oh boy thor that guy is fucking awesome that's all i'm gonna <laughs> say that guy, 
Like, oh, just we cannot wait till you play Ragnarok, and I know you're going to be telling me about your encounter with this guy right here, because he is certainly a personality. I'll say that. I'm still waiting on playing Ragnarok. I'm. I know I'm gonna get it eventually, um, but yeah, I just. Man, if it was sixty, I would have got. I know ten dollars doesn't seem like that big of a deal, but it's a principle of the whole thing. I'm not. I'm not doing the seven dollars. I did it with uh, Ratchet and Clank because I really like Ratchet and Clank. You know. I feel like eventually you're going to concede to it, but it's something that's gonna take you. It's gonna take you a few years to be like, fine. Fuck <laughs> yeah. I didn't go easily. Yeah, I didn't go All without right. a fight. Damn it! <laughs> I stood my ground. Uh, but yeah, people were actually online were like. $70 game isn't anything new, and they were showing games like back on the uh, uh, the 64 that you know, like 75 to 80 bucks. I was like, yeah, that's cool. I don't give a shit. That's not today's money, all right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to pay today's money $70, all right? My parents didn't want to pay 70 bucks back then. I don't want to pay 70 bucks now. Let's go ahead and move on to our next story. So as reported by one of Power Up and Games' favorite gaming news outlets, outside of the nerd stash, of course, VGC Multiverses has seen a massive drop in active players. VGC goes on to state that the daily peak player count for Multiverses has been steadily dropping, quote, to the extent that this week it dipped below a thousand for the first time, according to SteamDB, hitting a peak of 986 on Monday. This marks a drop in daily peak player count of 99.3574% in less than seven months, end quote. It should be said that Multiversus hasn't gotten a lot of new content as of late, and that could be the main reason behind the game's newfound struggles and popularity. But, as Michael has mentioned countless times before, and it feels like a lot since 2023 started, because these games keep fucking just dying... Uh, live service games require not only the player's money, potentially, but it also requires the player's time, and time is something that is finite. So, Michael, is this a case of multiverses lacking new content, live service games in general, or a mixture of both? I'm gonna let you go, I'm just gonna say my piece and call it a day. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a mixture of both, but also I see where you're gonna go with this, and I do agree with you. Definitely, there's only a certain amount of time players can spend in one game. And if you don't have that content for them to stay, for the lack of a better term, addicted to the gaming experience, they're going to flock to something else. Yeah, um, it's definitely a mixture of both. It's definitely uh, the lack of content because uh, that's the one thing. That's one thing I did see people really talk about. It's like how slow new content was when the game first launched. Uh, it seemed like they had a bunch of new stuff coming out. Like, oh yeah, we got Taz, we got LaRon James, we got Bugs Bunny, we have uh, Game of Thrones. We have all this stuff coming out. It's like, okay, well you you're definitely going with the WB license. Like you're using that to your advantage. Um, you know they're adding in Rick and Morty. And it's like, okay, cool. You're adding all this stuff. WP has a bunch of characters. Like, the Looney Tunes squad alone uh, can fill up a whole season's worth of content. And yet, it seems like they've done nothing with it since that initial hype. And uh, then it comes down to the live service stuff. To where I saw people complain about how grindy the game is. It's like, you get the season pass. And one person's like, you can play, I don't know if this is hyperbole, uh, hyperbolic or whatever. 
Uh, but they're like, you can play 10 games and not move up one rank in the, in the uh, season pass. And in, in yeah, in the, in the season pass, it's like, wow, that's ridiculous that they really want you to grind that much because they have that, uh, that, that small amount of content in the game already. And then they're taking forever to dole out new content to keep those people coming back and playing. And that's one of the problems with live services. If you don't continuously feed uh, the players, they're not going to keep playing. They're not going to come back. They're not going to have a reason to come back because there's nothing to unlock. There's nothing to 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 do. And for a lot of people, uh, they felt that it was a bit too competitive and not like Smash Brothers silly fun. Um, some people like 2v2, but they kind of want it to be like 1v1, v1, v1, or a mixture of uh, teams or 3v1, all kinds of, they, they want all kinds of cool stuff, 2v1, v1, and all this other nonsense. And, you know, those are the kind of modes you need to bring in so your player base can do new stuff and have fun. Uh, give them different modes other than just knock the person out of the ring. And I do think that it is a, it is a service side. Um, this game going live service, you're asking players to sink time into a fighting game, yet you're not giving them anything to play for. Because when it comes to fighting games, people love that new outfits, new levels, uh, unlocking uh, alternative uh, worlds and outfits and all kinds of crazy stuff. It's like, okay, well, what am I playing for? You're playing for a game pass. Uh, you're playing for the season pass. Okay, what's in the season pass? We have no clue because we have no idea of how much stuff we're actually going to put into each season. And I think they just started season two, or the next, they started season two not too long ago. And when your game dips this hard by the second season, you know you have an issue uh, because it's usually like season four people start losing interest. Uh, if you're because your first three seasons. They, uh, the gamers allow you to build up. It's like, okay, what what are we getting? Your, your, your season pass should be getting better per season. Like, it took Fortnite a little while to get really good at the season pass to where now pretty much every season, there's, there's something in there where you're like, oh, snaps, I want this. Oh, whoa, 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 that looks pretty cool. Oh, they're bringing in Goku. They're bringing in Naruto. They're bringing all this stuff. Like, okay, you got the WB license. Every season, you should be able to do something big and grand. Uh, you should be able to bring in new characters left to right, like pretty much every other week or at least once a month. You should be able to just drop in new characters. Uh, but it's not that simple because as a fighting game, you do have to balance characters and test them out ridiculously amount, a, a large amount of time uh, before you add, actually put them in the game. And I don't think that's something they put into consideration with multiverses. So with the game dying out, um, I think it's going to go the way of a Ubisoft game to where Ubisoft is just going to quietly drop it. And I think WB is going to do the same thing. Uh, it, I don't think this game is going to last another year. And that's being, if it lasts another year, I will be surprised. But I think 2023 is going to be the year Multiverses itself dies out. I say by the end of this year, maybe February of 2024 is when we'll start hearing, was when, uh, and WB will start shutting everything down. That would be such a missed opportunity. It would be. From Warner Brothers. And how great this game started to potentially, you know, your prediction there. That would just be absolutely a huge misstep. 
what do you do to fix this? The, the, only thing, the only thing that can be done is if the developers make a huge push when it comes to content for season three. You know, that's going to be what attracts everybody back. It's, okay, here are characters. Character, character, character. We're going to do, we're, we're going to release a, a, a brand new character. We're going to have new outfits. We're going to have new game modes. We're going to have the 1v1v1v1, 2v1v1, you know, 3v1, all this stuff. If you could come in, and yeah, it sounds kind of gimmicky, but that's the thing. With live services, you got to have some kind of gimmick. I mean, shit. Apex Legend is throwing in Team Deathmatch now, and that started as a battle royale. So Fortnite itself has a no-build mode, and the build mode was this big gimmick. So, you know, you even the bigger ones, they still got to add in new modes and new gimmicks. And that's what then that's what this needs. This, this, this game doesn't have anything and a gimmick other than nostalgia it's like you could play a superman and you can play bugs bunny and look at this look at this we have we have the meme shaggy in here the way you go super saiyan i'll go one step further man oh please do look at a game like injustice 2 that game lasted forever injustice was a really good fighting game mortal kombat really good fighting game yeah injustice 2 wanted to do this thing with gear and have it where you can mold your own style of fighter whether that be a more ranged attack character, if possible, more based on ability, close range, stuff like that. And I felt like that really worked. I know it didn't work for everybody. For, for me, I fucking loved it. That's actually why I skipped Injustice like, 2. Injustice 2 was one of my favorite fighting games ever. Mortal Kombat 11, eh, I feel like they could have <laughs> done a little bit more with yeah. it. It felt like they tried to backtrack, but not fully. You know, I love Mortal Kombat 11, too. But you were talking about, like, oh, these live service games have gimmicks. So do fighting games in general. And when you talk yeah. about multiverses, its gimmick is nostalgia. How do you do that, then? You keep adding characters. So I asked you, how do you fix it? I think that's really the simplest solution right now is just keep adding characters if you can, which... I'm not sure is going to fix it right now. I feel like it's a little too late to just add a lot of characters and be like, all right, great, we're going to get players back. They got to do something drastic, I think. Yeah, like I said, you got to add in some new modes. You got to give people something worthwhile. Also, I heard the micro of the uh, monetization in the game is actually pretty awful too, <laughs> but I haven't I haven't looked into that, so I don't know how bad it is. So let's go ahead and get into our final story of the week. The long-delayed, then-dead, then-revived, then-re-delayed Dead Island 2 is now coming out a week early. The game is now dropping on April 21st, 2023. Are you still on the hype train for Dead Island 2? I swear to you, Michael, if you say no, I'm going to kick <laughs> you off this podcast. Oh, get ready to kick me off because I'm not hype. I'm not on the hype train for this. All right, you know what, guys? I'm sorry. Uh, I hope hey. you had a great time with Power Up and Game. <laughs> <laughs> hey, here's here's the thing. Um, yeah, it looked kind of fun from what they showed the first time. Uh, but that Island One still left a bad taste in my mouth. Dead Island Two could it be good. Absolutely, it looks fun, but it kind of looks like the whole survival thing to where weapons break and we all know how i feel about weapon breaks in games um it still it still looks like it's going to be the non-stop go here go there backtrack fetch quest that dead island one had um some of the characters seems kind of cool but we don't know enough about them 
And it's you're just, thinking way too much about this. Bro, bro, let, if let me break no, this no, down. no, no, no. If you if you're asking me to get hyped for a game like I was for Redfall before they dropped the ball on that, you, you gotta show me let something. Me break right? this it's gotta down be cool. For you, for, for, I got you. I got you. I, hey, I'm just saying. Dead Alley Two. Does, I'm not on the hype train for this one, but you, go ahead. Let's see if you can you can turn this gravy train around for me. Oh, this isn't like I don't have to give out five paragraphs on the thesis. This is pretty fucking simple. <laughs> Michael, would you like to kill zombies with some cool weapons with your friends? Yeah, I think uh, that I had one and Dying Light one and two kind of gave kind of promised me that and failed at it. But this is the new one. Oh, so, oh, <laughs> oh, 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 oh! So this is the new, new. Oh, okay. You know who else promised me that? Back for Blood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. That's a good point. That's a good point. Now, in, in all seriousness, I know I didn't do a great job. <laughs> but at the same time, I am still excited for Dead Island 2. I'm excited to see what this game is going to really be. Yeah, I want it to be because good. Because we've waited so long for it. Yeah. I feel like when this game comes out, it's going to be achievement of itself. Just because it released. And people are going to go like, fuck, this is what, over a decade in the making. E3 was relevant. Oh, wow. You, wow. Yeah, unless it becomes another Duke Nukem Forever. Nah, nah. I, I, it ain't gonna become that. What are you gonna be a hater for? I'm not a hater. I'm just saying, like, th- th- these kind of things, man, they, they always tend to disappoint us. When Duke Nukem was finally coming out, we were like, oh my goodness, finally. When Prey was finally coming out, we are like, oh my goodness, finally. I was a big Prey fan. I was like, finally. And then we got Prey. I was like, fuck. No, I'm okay. You know, th- these kind of things. It's gonna be the same way for, uh, Beyond Good and Evil fans, when Beyond Good and Evil Two finally comes out, they're gonna be like, "Oh, finally! I'm not as excited anymore because I've been I've been hyped for 20 years now." Um, so yeah, unfortunately for this, my hype peaked when they reannounced it and showed a little bit of gameplay. I was like, "Oh my goodness, they're actually doing it! This is so cool, sweet." Other than that, I was like, "Yeah, another zombie game." Let's get the fuck out of here, Michael. What you playing? Oh, man, I have just finished Wanted Dead. My review is up right now at Bago Games. I'm sorry, Nurse Dash. Uh, maybe if I work for you guys, I'll be able to do stuff and write for you one day. Uh, but you can check out my review at Bago Games. And I've also been playing uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. A buddy of mine uh, who streams a lot, he uh, gifted me the game on PS5. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Why? And he was like, oh, just so we can play and stream together. I was like, cool. Uh, so if you want to see me struggle, I'll talk about that in a moment. But uh, I've been playing Modern Warfare 2. What about you, Taylor? What have you been doing? Uh, let's, let's, let's hear about this PS5 of yours. So it's not a PS5 of mine. Oh, boo. So my cousin was watching The Last of Us. And he told me and my brother, he was like, yeah, you know what? I really want to get a PS5 and play The Last of Us Part 1. And I was like, oh, that's great. Uh, but I don't know how to tell you this. It's hard to get a PS5. And he told my brother, like, hey, could you go on Amazon and check to see if uh, a PS5 is available? It's immediately available for him. Hey. Like, no issues. No invite to buy. Just, he can buy it. It comes in. So we're having to set up his account. He's not a gamer, so we're setting up his account for him. We're getting the game installed, all pre-done for him, so he doesn't have to mess with it. So I get like a day or two to play this PS5. I play a little bit of God of War, which, again, is fucking outstanding. I play this game called Astro's Playroom that was pre-installed on the PlayStation. 
which I think somebody, whoever was making that game, which is made solely for the controller, to show you how awesome the controller is, which it is probably the best controller I've ever played with. Um, all the people who developed Astro's Playroom, you did way too good of a job. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, you're you went way above the assignment, and I don't understand why. Because a tech demo that I found myself. I found myself just going through this world, and I'm like, "This is actually a really solid platformer." <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. I was not expecting it. it in fact, it even won a uh, it won awards. That's an, that's an award winning tech demo you've been playing. I believe it. I really do. But man, I really did enjoy the PS5 for the day or two that I was messing around with it. All right. So with that, uh, Taylor, what are you working on, and where can people find you? You can find me in our Discord, the link for which is in the description of this very episode. As for what I'm working on, I'm working on this podcast here. I'm working on Nerds Talk Movies. And this also Nerds Talk Movie News episodes we're going to be doing here shortly. Cannot wait for that. We're going to be launching, finally, Clash of the Sash here at the end of the month. Cannot fucking wait for it. I'm very excited for that. We've recorded a few episodes, and they turned out great. So... That should be pretty good as well. And there was something else. I forgot what it was. Oh, yeah, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Going to see that this weekend. Ooh, we're going to talk about Nerd Stop Movie News. But <laughs> I'm, I hope it's good. All right, I hope it's good. I hope we're going to have a good time on that spoiler talk next week for Nerd Stop Movies. But, uh, yeah, I've been seeing, seeing some favorable reviews and not so favorable reviews, so... We'll see. Yeah, I know it's pretty low, uh, but yeah, we'll talk about that in Nerds Talk Movies. And I'm kind of concerned about it, but I know I'm going to see it this weekend because I do want to see uh, Kang the Conqueror and how they're good. Because I heard he was the best part of that entire movie. Uh, but as for me, uh, I am not working on anything, actually. Uh, I finished my review for Wanted Dead, as I mentioned before. Uh, but you can find me on Twitter at M underscore M-O-S-L-E-Y underscore J-R. You find a waiter on a Fox hoodie. Congratulations. You are in the right place. And you can watch me suffer with my friends in Modern Warfare 2 on Twitch at twitch.tv slash foxdaddy. That's F-0-X-D-A-D-D-Y. And as Taylor mentioned before, you can also find both of us in our Discord. Come on by, join the group, chat it up. Uh, brag to Taylor of how great the PS5 controller is that he can't play because he doesn't have one of his own and make this man feel bad for not having a PS5. Also, you can leave us a rating. <laughs> the, more, <laughs> the more the better. Oh, man, we would love a five-star out of all of you. It would make us feel absolutely one for ourselves. It could be a late Valentine's gift to us. Show us how much you care about us. And with that, Taylor, would you like to sign us out? I was not prepared for this, but I guess I will. Uh, We will be back next week with some more gaming news.